And happy Sunday. This is PFG Live, and welcome aboard. It's December 3rd, Sunday, 2 p.m. on the East Coast. It's something else on the other coast. Welcome aboard. Uh, let's see. Wes is reporting 37 degrees and raining in south-central Idaho. C.J. Stevens is reporting 64, and the sun is finally peeking out after all of the rain in East Tennessee. Welcome aboard, sir. K. Bonk in the Philadelphia says it's pissing 52. Gray day in P-H-I-P-A. Welcome. On Discord today, we have DBX, Kevin Blodgett, W.R. Rocket, Blake Ter... In, uh, precisely and precise jay palin widget works smith of all trades and flat lapper welcome aboard everybody robert simpson reports 40 degrees and raining near detroit but not too near i have to back up because in our discord server we got some earlier reports let's see if i could find it oh here we go this is from kodiak alaska from wr rocket uh, he reports at padq that's Papa Alpha Delta Quebec. At 18.23 Zulu, winds are 340 at 8 knots, visibility 10 miles in light rain. Few clouds at 1800, broken 3300, overcast at 6000. Temperature 05, dew point 03, altimeter 29, oh sorry, 2896. And uh, somebody else had one. Let's see, that was from WR Rocket. And then DBX checks in from White Plains and he says that at 1756 Zulu, winds were 090 at 13 gusting 18, visibility two and a half miles in light rain, mist, overcast 400, temperature 08, dew 0.07, altimeter 2973. And the remarks are unimportant. Uh, CJ Stevens reports that the cat is running around the house, and that is awesome. Mr. Blodgett is giving us a METAR at Kilo Uniform Alpha Oscar. At 1853 Zulu, the winds are 200 at 13, gusting to 1 knots, visibility 4 miles in mist, broken at 1,000, broken at 1,500, overcast 2,700, temperature 14, 2.13, altimeter 29 Eight eight. Uh, let's see. Widget Work says, "Yeah, zero snow, plenty of frost, but that's it. That's a weather report." Uh, who else gave us a weather report today? Ah, Widget Works reports zero degrees. Science fifty percent relative humidity, minus nine degrees dew point, uh, and the pressure <laughs> is one zero zero four millibars. And sunny in Edmonton, Alberta. Welcome, sir. Uh, precisely and precise, Blake is back with 44 degrees and cloudy in Rochester, New York, right over there. And just down the street at the other end of the driveway is Tuck reporting cloudy at 47 degrees with a chance of rain in Buffalo, New York. Uh, let's see, who else did we miss? Robert Simpson. No, we got you. Flatlapper is here reporting 36 and cloudy nine miles an hour in Northern Illinois. It's getting chilly. Test room 2003. Welcome aboard, sir. Plus 0 0.5 degrees science. I appreciate the precision. And 101% relative humidity in Ust Capella. 
Welcome aboard, sir. FLC Knives is here at three degrees, 95% precipitation, 91% humidity, and 18 kilometers of wind. Uh, we'll do, we'll have to pick that apart later. Welcome, everybody, and happy Sunday. We've been having a good time here in the Discord. Uh, let's see. Even... Evil says it's 19 degrees science, 42% indoors, just cold enough to leave the snow on soil outside. First snow of the season in Ghent, Belgium. Awesome. Uh, right now in Wyndham, New Hampshire, it's 4-0 degrees Fahrenheit, 99% relative humidity, and it is gray and rainy. The uh, weather at Manchester Airport is 3-6-0 at Four knots, visibility seven miles and light rain, overcast 700, temperature 04, dew point 03, altimeter 2990. Uh, remarks are unimportant. So welcome. I hope everybody has a cup of something to drink and is relaxing at home or working in the shop. I was working in the shop all day yesterday, all day today. In fact, I a cycle just finished on the grinder and I'll be heading down right after the show to keep going, but I'm getting caught up and that's the important thing. Uh, we got cleaned out of everything. I think, I think at the, at the lowest, <laughs> I think we, we had like one set of four inch round stones left and that was it. So I'm, I'm working madly to, to get the, the orders filled this week. Uh, it's been a good week though. Um, and actually today was the first of the gray weather. It's been pretty lovely this week. I broke down and took the truck, the lightning into a real car wash. So I, I've been nervous about, you know, the new car and the paint and blah, blah, blah. So I've been using these touchless car washes and after about three, uh, over the last bunch of months, three sessions in touchless car washes, I have decided that you need a touchful car wash every now and then. So uh, I went over to a trusted place and I talked to the dude and I said, am I going to be okay with this truck in there? Oh yeah, he's fine. So uh, took off the antenna, folded in the mirrors, ran it through the car wash and came out beautifully. So that was a big relief that I can do that without damage. But I found a guy, and the guy, by the way, is in um, in Derry, New Hampshire, right next to the Derry Police Station. I don't remember the name of the business, but you can't miss it if you go to the Derry Police Station. Hopefully, unincarcerated. So, uh, saw some good video on the YouTubes this week. Uh, shout out to Cloud Forty Two James, who is also a uh, a PFG stones uh, guy. Um, he, he had asked me about using PFG stones on gauge blocks. So I did a quick little video of me, uh, cleaning a gauge stone on a PFG, a gauge block on a PFG stone <laughs> block stone block stone. And, um, that's always been on my website that that you could use it for that purpose, but it was good to reinforce that. Then he proceeds to tell me that Mitutoyo is selling a stone for that purpose, a single stone for that purpose for five hundred dollars. 
I just, I'm just pointing that out. Anyway, yes, you can use your PFG stones and yet, uh, uh, and clean your gauge blocks as long as you condition them and do the right thing. And I, I showed in the video five strokes, one, two, three, four, five done. And frankly, two strokes would probably do it, but you know, depends on the person. Anyway, uh, fun week. I posted a, a picture on Instagram that I wanted to clarify. It was a picture of a, uh, of a so-called D six for you gamers out there, uh, a cube with numbers on it. Uh, I want to point out that I was chastised for putting the numbers on the wrong sides, but I don't care because this is art. And I promised a story about where these came from. Yeah. Yeah. K bonk says $500 doll hairs. Yes. Yes, it is. By the way, for 500 doll hairs, uh, you can get a set of, uh, PFG stones in four inch round silicon carbide and have enough to take your significant other out to dinner. Um, in which you get two stones because you have to condition them on each other. That's one of the things I find interesting is that, uh, Mitutoyo sells them, Starrett sells a gauge block stone, but they, they're selling you the one holy stone. And I guess if you treat it right, you're not going to wear it because you're not using it for any other stuff. But the, the whole purpose between, uh, in PFG stones is that they can, you condition them on each other. Uh, you randomize them and it keeps them flat. Greenwood AG says my gauge block stones are dual and starrett and made of granite. Right. So in the old days, <clears throat> Yeah, <laughs> widget work says who has a thousand dollars for two in the old days, uh, this was more common. You saw these little granite blocks and I've been asked about making them. Uh, and if I get asked a lot, I'll, I'll probably do it. But, uh, the idea was that you'd use a little piece of granite <clears throat> that, and you'd clean it on the granite. That's fine. Granite is just another, um, you know, another mineral. So, uh, for that application, it's probably not a bad idea. Um, flat lapper says I start with flat granite. Yeah. Gr uh, granite would work just fine. So the message here is, is not that you should throw out your Starrett and your Mitutoyo and your dual gauge block stones. <laughs> the message is yes, you can use your PFG stones for that. Uh, Robert Simpson says gauge blocks will ring to my do all stone. Isn't that crazy? That's, that's just nuts. We still don't understand ringing very well. So getting back to this, uh, cube. So I showed this because, uh, this was a little bit of art therapy for me. Um, yeah. Widget work says I was taught by the old guy. I learned grinding from to just clean the block on the granite. Right, if you're standing in front of uh, your granite uh, surface table or surface plate, why not? Um, so, where did this come from? Uh, I needed to take a break, and I needed to go downstairs and do a little something with my hands that wasn't work. And uh, a while back, I took a course. It was actually at uh, Saunders Machine Works, 
uh, I took a welding course with Crum, uh, uh, Roy Crumrine of Crummy Welding, and uh, it was awesome. And I think I've told that story before, but I think the class was limited to six people, uh, which was kind of neat. And it was it was uh, two and a half, uh, two and a half or three days long at at Saunders. And it was a great place at the time. Uh, you know, Saunders had room to to host it. He doesn't have room to host it anymore. Uh, and and Roy was uh, amazing. He's he's a fantastic TIG welder, and that's why I was there. But more importantly, only two people showed up: me and this other guy. So the two of us shared Roy for for the whole course. So uh, I got to advance my TIG game with him and one of the one of the uh the demos he pulls out to for show and tell was this little cube that had to be it had to be a half inch or three-eighths of an inch on a on a face and it was titanium a sheet you know cut out of sheet titanium and welded all around in TIG and it was gorgeous it, it was unbelievably uh, uh, amazing, the amount of skill that he had to show for that. So that that is uh, where I got inspired. So when I got home from the course, I cut up a bunch of two-by-two-inch aluminum. This is 6061, uh, 16th-inch thick aluminum. And just with this pile of two-inch squares, I started building cubes. And I, I said, I, I'm going to make 20 of these cubes. That's going to be my exercise. Well, I only made about, um, I think I only got to about eight or nine of them. So I'm not really done yet with my goal. But this was one of them. So I ended up cleaning it up with a Scotch-Brite pad on a, a die grinder. And then I took it downstairs to the laser, laser, and I put these uh, the numbers on it. And that was fun. It was a fun thing to do. So this is my, uh, uh, what this is, is, is it's, it's a process counter. So if I, I could put it down on the table with a number one facing up, and that means I'm in part one of my process. And when I finish that, I could turn it to number two and I, I'm in part two of my process. So this is my little process counter or my little uh, busy toy, whichever you like to think about it. CJ Stevens says, I like the way Sam Winchester described seeing his dad ring gauge blocks as a child. Good book, he says. Uh, WR Rocket says, embed some magnets on each face. That could be fun. Um, so this, you know, this isn't solid. This is hollow. But I think I'd have to do a solid one to put magnets in it. I guess I could figure out how to do that. So, uh, yes, evils, you are correct. If it's a counting die, my numbers are probably okay. Uh, but yeah, I was called out on that and, uh, kind of didn't do the additional 90 seconds of research that would have taken to figure out how to make an actual die the right way. Anyway, uh, so we have a couple of topics to talk about this week, um, in, in no particular order. I think I'll get I'll get a, a follow-up to last week out of the way, and that was rotary blades. 
So if you were around for last week, you know that my mom sent me home with a bunch of rotary blades that she considered uh, dull and, and ready for sharpening. And uh, despite being chastised by many to go to the store and, you know, pay the $4.37 for a new, a new pack of blades, I decided I was going to sharpen them because that's what, that's what nerds do. So this is, uh, if you're watching the video, uh, this is the holder that these things go on. There's no blade in here right now, but the quilters and other, uh, fabric wranglers would lay the fabric down on a cutting board, which is a, uh, our, our favorite green, uh, graph paper surfaced board, uh, covering on our workbenches is really a cutting, a cutting board for fabric people. So, uh, that's where these circular blades get used. And I did look at some of these blades under the microscope and I did see some of the defects. Uh, and then I went ahead and I made an arbor. So the first thing I did is I, I showed this on Instagram. I made this arbor for holding the, the blades based on a measurement of the, the hole in the blades. And then I got a pretty decent first result, which I took down to mom. I sharpened the blades on a 600 grit diamond lapping wheel on my Glendo AccuFinish and uh, used an 11 degree bevel angle and used a V-block as a bearing and my thumb to hold the this rod on the arbor into the V-block. And I got a pretty good result. And I thought it was, it was, it was pretty nice. Took it down to mom and mom's response was, and I'm summarizing, these were not her exact words. Mom's response was, it's a good first effort. <laughs> so they took a little more pressure to cut the fabric than the, than a brand new blade from Olfa. So I said, okay, we're close. So I, I took them back. And I did the following changes. Number one, I went from a 600 grit to a 1200 grit diamond wheel. Number two, I added a little coupler to between my hand drill and the drive, which I don't, I don't like this actually, this, this was not as, as nice as, uh, as I would have liked it. Uh, but a little piece of rubber tubing between uh, that the uh, arbor and another pin to give it a little bit of decoupling uh, from the influence of the drill. And I also, which I didn't do on the first go around, I didn't do any stropping. Now I'm not an expert in uh, sharpening of any kind, but uh, stropping to my understanding is a way of removing the edge burr after a sharpening process. So the sharpening process, if it's making a very fine blade is, is not only going to cut some metal, but it's also going to bend the tip over a little bit. And the idea of stropping is to, is to bend or, you know, break off essentially that burr. So what I did is I took the, um, um, so I, I, I'm not sure I've heard, I've heard it described as removing the burr, uh, WR rocket. 
um, so I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure. And if there's anybody in the Discord chat that is an expert in that kind of sharpening, please raise your hand and I'll bring you in. Um, so what I did is I took the blade after I was done sharpening it and it was still on the arbor and I, I decided I was done. Uh, and, and oh, by the way, I was marking the edge of the rotary blade with a Sharpie so I could see where the grinding was happening. So after I was satisfied that my 1200 grit grinding was going well, I uh, took it over to a piece of two by four. And let me see, I think I have a picture of that for you. Yeah, I do. Um, and I just ran it. I ran it on the two by four to see if I could remove anything that, that was, uh, any kind of burr that was on there. And sure enough, I definitely left some kind of marks in the wood and I think it improved the edge. Widgetworks says you're actually bending the burr back and forth and slowly breaking it off at the same time with the very fine grit, making the edge a little finer. Well, clearly I have a lot to learn. Oscar, welcome aboard, sir, says we use a silicon carbide nylon brush to remove burrs and break the edge just a little when regrinding circular knives. Interesting. I guess I have to go to McMaster Car and look up silicon carbide nylon brush. Robert Simpson says stropping will remove the visible wire edge created uh, sharp, uh, when sharpening a chisel edge blade, green compound on wood works well for stropping. So, okay. I think I'm getting elements of all the right answers in what I was doing. Um, and we'll see what happens. So I, I kind of liked the process and microscopic, uh, examination indicated I was doing pretty good. Um, DBX is showing us some microfine honing compound. Interesting. And evil says, I think you should just be straightening the burr. If you break it off, you're leaving a breakage face question mark. Not sure. I see. So, so, uh, it's a microfine honing compound and some genuine horse butt leather. So apparently you use a leather belt and a little bit of that stuff. And that does the old, the old stropping. Well, we'll see what happens, uh, with my process and the piece of, um, of a celluloid uh, matrix <laughs> and see if the two by four, uh, tool did the job. I did examine under my microscope. I wish you, I, I had a little more microscope power. Um, but I did examine under my microscope the the edges of the blades and the new process definitely looks better than the old process. So now I'll have to go down to see mom, maybe even get more food and test, test on some fabric. And my goal, I have a simple goal is mom telling me that it's better than the new blades. That's all I want. If, if she says it's better than the new blades, I'm happy. Um, yeah, so evil says stropping isn't an abrasive process, though polishing the edge has its use and is also called stropping. Interesting. 
Flat Lapper says uses an old leather belt, six or nine micron diamond paste. Interesting. I have all of the above, so maybe we'll give that a try. So the other part of the of the whole rotary blade story is that um, I was I was uh, uh, encouraged. I think that's the kind word. I was encouraged to make a 3D printed uh, holder for these blades, right? I'm not going to just bring them back taped to a piece of 3x5 card, which of course is exactly what I did. So I, I started thinking, I didn't take any action, but I started thinking about a 3D printed case for them. Well, well, when I got down to mom with all the blades taped to 3x5 file cards, <laughs> she shows me these cases that she had from buying the blades. So these things must cost, you know, all of two cents and they already exist. So I have struck the 3D printed housing for the circular blades off of my list because these things already exist. Uh, K-Bonk says, on a circular blade, do you run tangent to the OD? Um, so the way I've been sharpening it has been parallel to a radius so exactly the opposite of tangent so i have the uh, sharpening blade uh when when the grits are cutting they're cutting down a radius line i think that answers your question the way the way i'm holding it and running it and i think that's the i think that's the uh, appropriate way the other thing i would like for the glendo is i know they made a ceramic disc um, and then you could put whatever compound you want on it. I'd like to find one of those. Um, might have to buy one new, but that's another that's another process that I'd like to try. So that's the update on circular blades. I think we had a measure of of uh, of success. I don't think I'm done. I think we have to uh, improve the process a little more. And remember, what's the goal? The goal is mom saying those are better than new. That's all we want. So that's a story on rotary uh, rotary blade sharpening. Yes, I know I'm spending $1,000 worth of my time to save spending five bucks worth of <laughs> American uh, greenbacks. But that's what we do. Why do we do any of this stuff? Um, let's see. I'm going to save the big topic for last. Uh, then... A couple of weeks ago, I, I showed you a uh, big stone, a ruby stone. Um, I don't know, K-Bonk. I don't know what I'm doing. K-Bonk says, uh, should the strop go a different direction to break the chip? Shouldn't it? I think he implies a question. I don't know. But... Uh, I'll report after some more experiments if we get any uh, more success. So I got this I got this ruby stone, which has been kicking around. And this is from John Holliday, Tuck's uh, brother. And it is uh, experimental, and he wants me to put a, a proper grind on it and, and make it flat, and we'll find out what happens. It says right on it. It says experimental for flatness sake. So... What I've been 
planning on doing is is treating it like a like any other grinding job um but it's got this chip on the corner like obviously it was it was dropped and there's a big healthy chip taken out of one corner now i can't let that ride so i started thinking well i can cut the um the end of this stone off and get it to square up so uh <laughs> widget work says go to the barber and get a hot shave with a straight razor and take notes sir you are brilliant so i started thinking about how i can cut the edge of that the end of that stone off without just grinding and grinding and grinding which is a possibility but i don't want to do that so i started thinking about diamond saws because a diamond tile saw which is not an unknown concept around here uh is is a useful thing for cutting a stone or cutting a tile or cutting any piece of ceramic so i went i went down that path and it turns out that if i go down the street to home depot i can buy for about 20 bucks i can buy a diamond saw blade seven inches for my diamond wet saw for cutting tiles, 20 bucks. So then I said, well, let's take a look at this thing. Well, a diamond saw has a hole in the middle, which is either a half or seven eighths inch. Frequently they have a bushing, so you could change it from seven eighths to a half. Hey, Machine New Zealand is here. Welcome, sir. He says, good morning all, at work listening, weather report, rain, rain, and more rain but warm. Well, I guess it's rain all over the globe today. So, uh, welcome. So these saw blades, half inch, seven, seven eighths inch hole in the middle, nice diamond concentration around the edge, specifically for cutting a ceramic. Sounds good. And then I said, well, what if I get that? And I, I put that on my grinder, right? Why not? So there it is. Thank you, WidgetWorks. WidgetWorks has done what I am suggesting, except you did it with a big boy. What is the diameter of that of that saw blade? So if you're listening on the podcast, WidgetWorks just posted a picture in our Discord of a 12-inch uh, ceramic saw blade that he's running. I get, did you make an arbor? Can, I, can we see the other side of that? He, he apparently made an arbor and he's holding it in a pretty standard uh, tool holder. Cat looks like a uh, NMTB 40. Um, did I get that right? National Machine Tool Builders? Cat 40, okay. Just a shell mill holder, Cat 40. Nice. So he, he has done this. So he bored a hole in the center of this blade. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Widget Works. And I think that that is exactly where I'm heading. Now that is, you're running that on a mill and I'm going to run it on the grinder. So a, a seven inch version of that saw, I think will just work beautifully on the grinder. And that will allow me to do things like trim off this ruby stone. Okay. And my grinder has a 
Art that makes art, that's Wes, says, I've used a thin cut wheel on the grinder at work to cut off high-speed steel bits and such. Yes. So I, I have done the same. And I have a holder that I'm using for, um, I think, I, I don't remember the width. It might be 062 or 1 16th inch wide uh, aluminum oxide cutoff wheel. I have run those. Uh, I've also broken those. <laughs> They're fun to break because they actually break. Um, so this isn't that different except for the fact that we're going to take a blade that has a half inch hole and we're going to bore or otherwise machine a hole in it to go on to a one and a one and a quarter inch arbor. So my grinder, I'm holding up to the camera a Sopco um this is either a 100 or a 200. I think this is a 100. This is a Sopco 100 uh, hub. No, this might be a 200. So this is meant for 3 8 inch to 3 quarter inch wheels. And the center, the center hub is a 1 and a quarter inches. It's designed to go in a 1 and a quarter inch hole. And it provides the taper to go onto the spindle of the grinder. So we would have to open up that blade to one and a quarter and then we'd have a tool for the grinder for cutting stones of any type um so it's not the first time i've i've done a thin blade but it's the first time that i'm going to be modifying a saw blade so the question is what do i need to know about machining the saw blade Uh, to the best of my ability to determine there was nothing going on in the vicinity of of the center that where I'm going to be machining it. Yeah, uh, Widget Work says it's just steel. Yep, I get it. And uh, so, uh, Wes, I, when you say you used a thin we a thin cut wheel on the grinder to cut off high speed steel, I assume you're using the same wheel that I've played with, which is which is meant to go on the one and a quarter inch hub. So that's the plan. Uh, I or I went to McMaster Car, of course, and I ordered a. Um, no, I take that back. I went to Amazon. I went to Amazon and I ordered a twenty dollar blade. So that'll be here on Wednesday, and then I got to figure out how to hold it. Just another exercise in work holding, and I will. Uh, I will cut myself an inch and a quarter hole, and we'll see what happens. But that'll be fun. So uh, if you're listening to this, and I'm I'm sure you are, Tuck, uh, that's what we're going to do. Uh, you could tell John. I don't think John's on. Uh, we're going to cut that guy right off and, and square this guy up, and that'll work. So the other plan for this is I'm going to run a 100-grit resin bond diamond wheel uh, on this. Okay, that's the plan. Um, very dense material this, these Ruby stones. And these were on, uh, these were cheap. Uh, widget works posts a photo of a Lennox, uh, blade metal max. And he says, these work amazing. Cool. I, I'm not sure it wasn't a Lennox that's coming. We'll, we'll see. I, when I get it, I will share it with you and we'll let everybody know. But I'm pretty excited about making that happen, so we at least we have that capability. And before you ask, because I know there's at least a couple of people that are going to ask me, 
am I going to use that setup for cutting the bevels on the stones? The answer is no. Uh, my process for making bevels on PFG stones will not change. This is not part of that process. And that has, that has, there's a whole bunch of reasons for that, which I don't think I want to get into right now. But um, the biggest one is my current process works great. It's one setup and it's a walkaway process. If I try to use a, uh, a saw to saw off most of the material and then grind the rest, that's two setups and it's definitely not a walkaway process. So that's why. So there, we answered that question before, before it got asked. So um, if there's any questions on, on that or comments or teaching to be done, let me know. Uh, but I'm pretty, uh, I could see the end of the tunnel on that project. And we'll see how that goes. I don't know speeds and feeds yet, but I think we just turn it up to 11 and go. So, what else is cooking? Um, I asked the question on the Discord server. I said, uh, guys, what's the current topics that you need to talk about that, that, that's at hand? And I got a lot of people saying workbenches and work tables and that sort of stuff for the shop. It started with... Um, with Unix carbide because he just moved his shop and he's rearranging and he needs to set up a new bench. And we were talking about, well, what do you do for benches and how do you build benches and where do you get the stuff? And that was a very interesting topic. So, uh, your input is, is of interest. I will tell you that the grinding department went through a couple of iterations I had a big table, um, like a, almost like conference room table, like, like six and a half feet long, 30 inches wide. And that used up so much space in, in front of the grinder that it had to go. So I got rid of that. Greenwood says, where does one get cheap Ruby stones? My, uh, uh, Geiswein stones were anything but cheap. So, uh, these are, uh, allegedly off of eBay and they're from China. No, I'm sorry. These might've been off, uh, AliExpress. You can get these on AliExpress for cheap dirt cheap. Okay. Um, of course their flatness is not guaranteed. Um, but we're fixing that. That's the whole purpose of this experiment. Blake says, I cannot be trusted with large flat surfaces in a workshop. Yes, they get covered with stuff. So that was part of the thinking that I went through in the, uh, in the, uh, grinding department. So I ended up with my current setup, which I'm very, very happy with. And it is a Home Depot Husky, um, toolbox and table. I think the dimensions are about 30 inches by about 60 inches, maybe 50 inches. I don't exactly remember. And the top is butcher block and it's really nice. And the drawers are, that's where all of the grinding department stuff is, is stored. 
and it's on wheels. Now, the reason it's important for me for that to be on wheels um, is that the grinding department is also the welding department. It's also the heat treating department. So when I reconfigure for what I'm doing, I have to move things around. DBX just showed us a nice picture of, <laughs> of a toolbox cabinet and toolbox where the top is slanted. Aha. The Dutch tool chest design. You can't pile stuff on it because it's not flat. Evil says, remember, PFG stones are a good indicator of a need for cleaning the shop. <laughs> what does that mean? If you start considering putting stuff on them, it's time. Do not put stuff on your PFG stones. That's what the lids are for. That's funny. So um, I, was, it, I was strangely impressed with the quality of the Husky uh, toolbox. And of course you can go, you can go to Home Depot and frequently they have them set up and you can see it and poke it and kick it. And it worked out great. Very happy with it. Now, one of the questions that came up was, well, I'm putting equipment on it. I'm, you know, is it sturdy enough? Is it, is it, is it stable enough? Et cetera, et cetera. And that's, you got to decide on what kind of equipment down in the 3d printing department. At the, I think it was, I don't think it was at the same exact time, but I bought a Husky work table. Also very impressed with the quality. Um, it was a adjustable height table, so you could set it to a bunch of different heights with a bolt in each leg. Butcher block top, which I loved, and that's been doing a great job as, that's actually the inspection area uh, it's in the 3d printing department, but it's, it's, it's in the basement, which is constant temperature, relatively speaking. And, uh, that's why it's down there. So I have a small surface plate there. I have my, uh, electronic, um, gauge amplifier, and, uh, that's all sitting on this table and it's quite nice. So I, I can, I could recommend those. Um, widget work says I subscribe to the buy once and cry once club. I have Rousseau roller cabinets. They don't give them away, but modular drawers and 400 pounds per drawer capacity make them a forever purchase. That sounds a lot like the Vidmars and the, um, oh, what's the other one? Uh, help me here. Lista. Thank you. The Listas and the Vidmars, same sort of deal. And I have a bunch of almost an equal number of listas and vidmars in, in the shop that were all purchased used and they were all worth it. Nice picture of a, of a lista in, in the discord chat. Excellent. Um, flat lapper says recently I settled on the Huskies rolling cabinets. Very good. Plus rising tops. Yes. I, I have a, uh, one of the, um, I also have a Milwaukee, my toolbox that has, that, that, uh, has a lot of my, uh, bigger tools in it is a, is a Milwaukee from Home Depot. Very nice quality. Uh, K-Bonk says the Harbor fraught stuff has ramped up quality a lot. That's good to hear. Robert Simpson points out that the 
the plastic casters are the weak spot are the weak point on the cheaper boxes. Replace them with metal casters and most of the wobble will go away. Uh, important point on that. I, I, I've fabricated a whole bunch of, uh, uh, stands for various things. My metal brake, my metal shear, my corner, my, uh, uh, corner shear. All of those are on stands of my own design and build. And I found a really nice nylon rubber nylon, um, wheel castering wheel on McMaster car to the point where that is the standard wheel in the shop. And they work great, and they do not tend to flat spot. I actually have my big bandsaw on them also. Um, flat Lapper says, and rolly tables with up and down to transfer heavy items from table to table, like a die cart, so to speak. That's a cool idea. Um, I don't have much space right now, but I also think I would like one of those. That would be a great thing to have. Uh, you know, if you watch A-Bomb 79... He has a lot of those solutions for moving heavy stuff around. And I know they recently got one of those, um, essentially a die, uh, a die cart for moving heavy stuff around. Good idea. Uh, widget work says good casters are bloody expensive. Yeah. They're not cheap. Um, the ones that I buy, I can, I'm trying to remember how much they cost. Uh, 30, 40 bucks each. I think, uh, totally worth it and happy to buy them. So if anybody really wants to know, I'll, I'll find the order number, uh, from McMaster car for those wheels, but I've been extremely happy with them. And I did not go with a metal wheel. Um, I think the nylon is a little nicer in my situation and they work great. K-Bonk says, rubber wheels are must, in my humble opinion. Yeah, so the the ones I'm using are nylon on the outside. Then there's a rubber on the inside for a little, you know, shock absorption. And then the core is rubber. So it has a little of everything. Paul Morley is here. Welcome aboard, sir. He says, I have two five-drawer Bot Kennedy cabinets from auction. Each 30-inch deep drawer has a 250-pound capacity. One of my favorite tools. Excellent. That's a good name. I didn't, I haven't heard that name before. Uh, yeah. So widget works agrees with you. Uh, K bonk. He says never metal tires. They chew up the floor. And I, I agree. Um, I went with the nylon, uh, DBX is showing walnut lifts used to make space underneath, but also greatly remove wobble. So he's got a wheel sitting on a, a puck made of walnut. I prefer rosewood on mine. In fact, I like the rosewood with the gold inlay. I think it's more stable, unlike us. Uh, very nice. Robert Simpson says, any issues with flat spots? I changed to metal after rubber uh, started getting hard to roll. So the nylon ones that I've been using, have should they should be flat spotted. Because sometimes they'll sit in one place for a long time. Uh, but I have actually not experienced any flat spots that don't go away, which is pretty neat. Another thing I've done on my my carts, of course, this is now get, getting back to custom building your own, 
is I put threaded, I weld on uh, threaded nuts for jacking them up on jack points so that you can lift them up off the wheels. And I, I, my compressor was on this for a long time before I got the Kaser. Um, so if you're going to fabricate your own, you know, use, use the casters of your choice, but you could also put a place to jack the thing up on jack screws and for, you know, for having the thing sit there permanently. Um, K-Bonk says, I block frame, not wheels, had a bad experience with flat spots. Yeah. So the, my suggestion is a compromise where you jack them up to get them off the wheels. Um, it's just as stable and it works, it works great. And I made some, uh, pucks out of, uh, stainless steel that I had kicking around with a dimple in the middle. And that's what my compressor lived on. I had a anti-vibration pad, then a stainless steel puck, and then my jack screw landed on the stainless steel puck and it lifted it right off the wheels. The nice part is you could put it down back on the wheels and roll the thing anywhere you, you want and it's easy. Okay, Bonk says toe jack love. Well, if you must. Um... Widgetwork says, I have some roller cabinets with an excess of 2,000 pounds in them and no problems with flat spots. I'll have to check what material the tires are. Hold, please. Can, can everybody just imagine music on hold? <laughs> While Widgetworks looks it up. So that's that was my experience with uh, the nylon. They also have not flat spotted, which I think is pretty cool. And I'll, conf I'll double, triple confirm this and... Uh, Later today or tomorrow, I'll post a picture of my uh, favorite casters uh, on Instagram. But those have worked extremely well. Flatlapper says those have, they have those retractable casters for less than 1,500 pounds or so. Yeah, my laser is on, comes with retractable casters. They're actually not retractable casters. They're casters. I, yeah, I, I think they're casters with a, collar around it and then the collar gets screwed down lifting it off the caster um yep those exist um we're still on hold with widget works here <laughs> anyway interesting so part of the discussion we had on discord uh yesterday was you know making your own versus buying and you know, getting a very, very stable bench. Um, I know I had huge success in building two of my workbenches when I picked up what essentially is an MDF desktop with with a with a uh, laminate on top, and uh, then I built the frame that holds it out of wait for it four by fours, and that worked awesomely well. Widget Works is reporting in polyurethane. Thank you very much. Yeah, so polyurethane is another one of those uh, materials that I think will not take a set. It will it will bounce back. So polyurethane wheels. Interesting. Cool. Um, I don't think you can overbuild a workbench. 
I think they, you know, the, the, the heavier you make them, the stiffer you make them. And by the way, heavy and stiff are two different things. You could build a very heavy, a very wobbly workbench if you do not understand triangles. Okay, good. We got some good discussion going on in the chat, and I hope that some people get something out of this as far as workbenches are concerned. Uh, and I will post. I'll I will post my casters uh, on Instagram, and also I'll put the link in the links page because I think I think they've been fantastic. They have been uh, withstanding the test of my abuse quite nicely. So. Uh, Stay tuned, and if you haven't joined us in the Discord server, uh, you're welcome to do so. Just go to the links page. You'll find an invite link to the Discord server, and you can join in on the discussion in uh, in real time because that's that's worked out pretty good. Well, I, I'm out of uh, topics for the, the week. Any of you guys have questions or updates? We will address them now. I know that um, everybody's been having a busy week. We're coming up on the end of the year, and um, I don't know if that was responsible for a sudden spike in uh, PFG stone orders, but <laughs> it sure happened. Oh, interesting. So K-Bonk brings up the question of a seating at, at the workbench or standing. Um Personally, I don't think I have, I, I use any of my workbenches except for one in a sitting position. Everything is standing. The one that I, I spoke of, which was the work table that I got from Home Depot, the Husky work table, I sit at that. And I have a computer actually in the basement in the 3D printing area um, at that but all of my other workbenches are standing and i'll tell you that the the husky toolbox slash workbench that i have in the grinding area uh, i would not trade all the storage under it for anything um hey uh, there's a good question what are your christmas ideas for shop made gifts so a buddy of mine came over today. He's a woodworker, and he was busy making l these little wooden Christmas tree ornaments. Not ornaments, but uh, little little Christmas trees, little decorations. And he had a cool design. And uh, uh, Dave, you know who you are. And and that's what he was doing today. So he was covered in, in sawdust when he came over. Um, DBX posts a swing-away seat. Oh, neato. So, uh, from benchcrafted.com slash product slash swing hyphen away hyphen seat. Check it out. CJ Stevens says, help the algorithm before you leave. 13 people in YouTube chat and only one like so far. Come on, guys. So, yes, you should hit the like button, please. And yes, you should make sure you're subscribed, please. Uh, that costs you nothing. And, oh, I, I want to brag a little bit in a second here. Uh, CJ Stevens says live feeds get ads now. Did we have ads? Have you seen ads on the live feed? Please tell me if you did. Because that's weird to me. Oh, you're kidding. I First of all, 
allow me to humbly apologize. Uh, the the um, controls that YouTube has given me to control the ads have become few. So I, I, I heard this from others. And, oh, really? Oh, well, I'm sorry, guys. Um, there's three settings and actually there's four there's there's two major settings let me explain how this youtube thing is working right now there's two major settings one setting says insert the ads yourself which i haven't figured out yet and that's probably my problem let's we'll see if we can figure that out the other one says we'll take care of it so that's problem that's what's happening now they're going to take care of it then there's three settings under we'll take care of it one is yeah, it's it's light, medium, and heavy. <laughs> CJ Stevens says, it's not you, sir. It's just about all the live shows I watch do it without their knowledge. Yeah. Um oh Dave, uh, hang on, we have a request to speak from a trusted individual. Stand by. Um Oh, okay. H hang on, David. We're going to switch to you in a second. We'll just get you approved for uh, speaking in the chat. Let me just finish this this thought. So there were three settings, light, medium, and heavy, and if, and we're set to light. So it's the minimum amount of, of interruptions. Um, I will do a little research, and we'll figure out what the other setting is, like do I get to hit a button and say, insert an ad now? I don't know. I just don't know. So we'll find out. Oh, oh, you're just posting a question. So David, uh, oh, I, before I get to your question, I just wanted to brag a little bit because we're talking about YouTube, right? So if I go to my YouTube studio on my phone, which by the way says we currently have 1,035 subscribers. Welcome, all of you. I also know there's probably a, about 800 people watching this that are not subscribers. So you should subscribe. But I want to just brag about this because I'm a bit of a braggart. It says right here that I have made money on YouTube. Okay. Uh, and I, you know, I want to share this because it makes me feel good. I don't want you to think this is just ego. Evil's incorrect. Eagle, evil says a nickel. No. Incorrect. Dude. This is a highly subscribed show with an amazing host. I have made. Are you sitting down? Is everybody sitting down? You guys in Discord, you're strapped in? You ready? Yes, I made YouTube money. Ready? Where is it? $6.72, baby. Okay, I could probably get two orders of sushi no, I'm sorry. I can get one order. Of sh I can get two pieces of Maguro with <laughs> with that. I might be able to get a six-pack of Bundaberg for $6.72. So I, I assure you that that money will be rolled into, uh, we'll probably put it into a, tr a trust, probably start a, uh, you know, tr I, I need a board of directors. Does anybody want to volunteer for the board of directors for the trust? to see how we spend this money. But I was talking when, before we started, uh, I was talking about getting a new set of headphones that, that don't 
seal that are the open kind because I kind of need that. You notice I'm wearing one on, one off. And uh, I'll probably roll that $6.72 into a new set of headphones. And we could talk about what I'll do with the uh, with the rest, with the remaining remaining funds. Anyway, uh, I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. And I, a bone conducting headset, I don't think I'm doing that yet. That's a little, uh, it's a little extreme for me. <laughs> I don't like the thought of the screws for attaching them. The screws that attach them. I don't think I like that. Okay. Uh, you guys have a great week. Do something great in the shop. I know I'm going to the shop as soon as this thing is posted. I have to go back and make your PFG stones. This is brought to you by pfgstones.com where we ask the question, if you're not flat, you're not where it's at, which isn't a question. See what I did there? Take care, take care guys. We'll see you next week. If you're sticking around in Discord, we'll see you in the after show. <laughs> and uh, stay safe. Have fun. We'll catch you later.